surprises. Anybody else like surprises? I like a surprise every once in a while. You know, it's nice when you get a gift or somebody brings something to you. Or uh, uh, yesterday I got a little gift. It was neat. I liked it. It was a little watch, a minion watch. And it's, in my, it's displayed in my uh, uh, office in there. I like little, I like the minions, y'all. I know they're, they're weird. I understand that. But they're kind of funny, aren't they? Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a, uh, I like superhero stuff. I've got superhero stuff in my office. I got all kinds of things in my office. Used to, I tried to make it a, um, you know, something spiritual decorating theme. And I got so tired of all that stuff because it wasn't me. You ever just have stuff that wasn't you? And I just started putting stuff in that I liked that was me, you know. And so, uh, so my office, it's kind of just a hodgepodge of stuff in there. It's a mismatch. Nothing really has a, a rhyming, but it's me. The only thing that, I, that I'm really proud of is my books are color-coordinated. Anybody ever done that? Yeah, my bookshelves look good, y'all. All the colors are the same. There is nothing. It's not alphabetized. It's not like a library. My books are all, I got reds. I got red books here. I got black books down here and brown books here and orange books here and green books here. It's all color coordinated and, and, uh, so that it, it makes me happy. But anyway, uh, I like surprises and, you know, uh, there are some times though that I don't like surprises, right? How many of you have ever, Remember in school when you got called on by, from the teacher uh, to answer a question and you didn't know the answer. Me and Brinley were on the way to school the other day and she was telling me about how her teacher likes to call on her. And I was like, well, why, why does he call on you all the time? I don't know. He, just, he calls on me all the time. I said, well, do you know the answer? She goes, sometimes. And sometimes I'll say the answer, you know, sometimes I'll say the answer and he won't hear me and he'll call on somebody else and say that's right. And I said, well, you got to speak up. You got to be a little louder. But I don't like it when I don't know the answer, right? Today, my message is the answer is always Jesus. Amen. Can I tell you, I know the answer to whatever questions, whatever problems, whatever issues that you're facing or whatever you're going through, the answer is always Jesus. Amen? But this morning I want to give you three things for you to keep in mind when considering how to answer other people. If you got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Romans and I want to read from chapter 1 and I'm going to begin at verse 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God empowered by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles 
to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, Paul begins his letter to the Romans. He's letting them know that he is called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. If you look up the word called in the Greek, it's kletos. And it describes those who have been called and not just called, but those who respond to that calling. But then if you look at what Paul says in verse chapter in verse 6 of this text, he says, and you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So in essence, all of us, every one of us are called, but not all of us will accept the calling. Did you hear me? If you are a believer, I want you to understand this. You are called by God to fulfill God's calling. Amen? If you are a believer, if you love Jesus, if he is your Lord and Savior, then you are called by God. And you are to fulfill God's calling. I want you to think with me just for a moment. You ever, anybody ever watched Bob Ross? Man, that guy puts me to sleep. I cannot sit there and watch that guy for a long time. But he draws beautiful paintings, don't he? And he has the biggest afro ever, does he not? I mean, the guy's just there. He's got that palette. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say a palette? He's got that little white thing, a little board that he'll usually put a finger in, you know, and he'll hold it in place and he'll have his different paintings and, or his different pictures and he'll go up and, and he'll dab a little of this and he may put some of this paint with this paint and make a different color and start painting. But that's a, that's called a palette. And so I just want you to imagine with me for just a moment that the palette an artist has, imagine this, think about that palette. And before he puts any paint on a canvas, he puts his paint on that palette, right? He does that first. And he puts different colors on there, green, blue, red, yellow, black. He mixes some colors together and he gets different shades of colors and he'll begin to paint his picture. Now I want you to think about God for just a minute. Imagine God when he began creating you and what you would become for him. He begins in your mother's womb. And he begins deciding what he is going to do. And there are some basic things that all of us have in common, right? But then there is this endless variety of all the other things that he does. And one thing I can tell you for sure is that everything on here is about love. And if you have, uh, if you have purpose for your life, that's not loving God and it's not loving people, then you did not get your purpose from God. Amen? Did you hear me? If your purpose, if what you feel your purpose for this life is, is does not, if, you, if it does not involve loving God and loving people, then you did not get your purpose from God. Because the palette of purpose is always drawn from the well of God's love. Amen? Think about it this way. If you're a business person and you say, you know, I really do believe that I am called to be a business person, God calls you, or God calls people to be business people. He really does. 
and he calls them to make money. And he, and he blesses them, and, and he blesses them so that they can finance the kingdom of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You are never called to be a business person because of money. Amen? It's not about money, but it's about the kingdom of God. It's about making Jesus famous and helping hurting people. God wants to use you. And if you're a business person, the worst thing that you can possibly do is to let the purpose of your life be about dollar bills. Do you hear what I'm saying? And you become this one-dimensional, this dime-a-dozen kind of person that you're just living for money. God never does that, amen? But what God does is he comes to the palate and he says, I'm going to make you and I'm going to give you business skills and the ability to make money because I want you to love me and I want you to love other people. That's what God does. And I want you to use your money to make that possible. In my church with missionaries and with all these people with mercy ministries that are trying to help people and show them my love, it is always about love. And you, you may say, well, I'm a scientist. What about me? Well, if you're an intellectual, it's never about science, amen? It's never about knowledge. It is how can you use your capacities to love God and love other people and to make human life better. It's never about knowledge. And if you made your life about knowledge, if you're smart and you know some people, God just makes them smart. Amen. He didn't make me that smart. I promise you, but smarter than the rest of us. These people are just so intellectual, man. They are just so smart. I thank the Lord every single day that I married a wife that was smart because now my kids can have her smartness and not mine because we just be a, we wouldn't be very smart, you know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. God's given me abilities in other areas, and I'm going to take those abilities and I'm going to run with them. But God gives all of us abilities, and He gives us these abilities to use. But He doesn't give them because, for just that reason. He gives them to love people. He gives them to us so that we can love God and so that we can fulfill and make His kingdom better. But it's never about knowledge. It's never about athletics. It is never about art. It's never about those things. It's always about love. Amen? And God's not going to talk to you about money. He will not talk to you about degrees and knowledge and about attainment and about awards and, and all those things. Because as God's people, you're going to do amazing things. You're going to do great things because of your abilities that God has given you, but it's not about those things, amen? It's always about God, it's always about people, and if it is not, then you're living a meaningless life. And if you spend the next 10 years of your life without focusing on loving God and people, you will have wasted 10 years of your life. But that's what we're all about around here. You see, this church, we're about loving people. We're about loving God. And we want to help you to do the same. We want to help you to love people. We want to help you to love God. And when you do that, you will be the called ones that Paul is talking about here in our passage. God has called all of us. So here's three things to think about when considering how to answer people. Because can I tell you, that when you start living your life to where you're showing the love to people, guess what? They're going to start asking you questions. They're going to want answers. 
they're going to want to know why is it that you act the way you act? Why is it that you act different than all these other people that I have in my life? What is it about you that is different? And we've got to be able to answer those questions. So here's three things that I want you to think about when you have to answer people. Number one, and you're going to think this is funny at first or or kind of what? Number one is don't preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus. Let me explain. You know, a, a pastor one time, he was given a message during church and he asked the kids that were in the service to name the little creature that lives in the trees. He, he paused for a moment. There was no answer. He continued, you know, it's gray and it, it eats nuts. Again, no answer. He said, you know, it has a long bushy tail and it jumps from branch to branch. Still, there was no answer. He said, it chatters and flips its tail when it's excited. And, then, and still, there was no response, no response. But this one little boy, he finally raised his hand kind of hesitantly. And the pastor was relieved and he called on the boy. And the boy said, well, it sure sounds like a squirrel, but I know the answer must be Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We think that any time a pastor asks us something, the answer should be Jesus, right? You know why? Because, church, the answer is always Jesus, amen? It's always Jesus. But if you look through Paul's letters, and even the times that Paul is speaking to the people in the book of Acts, you will see that every time Paul explains his use of the term gospel, he does so by recounting the life of Jesus. You know, in our text today, Paul does this. In Acts, you can read a very lengthy evangelistic sermon where Paul focuses on the life events of Jesus. And even in a shortened version in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, Paul says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Is that not just a quick answer about Jesus, right? But according to Paul, the gospel isn't the four spiritual laws or the bridge of life illustration, but it's all about Jesus, amen? He was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. He lives a perfect life, absolutely without sin. While on earth, he worked many miracles through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In order to restore fallen humankind, he died on the cross as a substitute for the sins of every person. He was raised from the dead by the supernatural power of God. And since his resurrection, he has been exalted and is seated at the right hand of God. Amen? And so you can see that when I say don't preach the gospel, just tell them about Jesus. Telling people about Jesus is telling them the gospel, right? We should become so familiar with the stories of the gospels. What are the gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That those stories just roll off the tongue when people ask us, why do we host dinner parties for the poor? Or or why we bless so many people every week? Or why we volunteer for various organizations? Or why we spend our vacation on disaster relief projects? We should know the gospel message so well so that any time that we need it, we can tell any part of the story we need to tell. Amen? It's important that we understand and know who Jesus is. We need to know those Gospels. We need to make them a part of our life. 
We need to read them and understand them. Know who our Savior is. Know why he came to this earth. Know why he was resurrection, re- resurrected. It's so important that we understand that. Not only do we not just need to not preach the gospel, but we need to preach Jesus. Number two, don't focus on their sin. Talking about people that you come in contact with. Focus on Jesus' kingship. Did you notice in our text that Paul didn't start off telling the Romans that they were sinners? He didn't say, hey, listen up, you, you, you horrible sinners. He didn't begin this book by listing their sins from A to Z. He didn't begin by telling them how bad those sins were, but he began by telling them who Jesus was. He began by telling them why he came to this earth. In verse 3 of our text, he lets the people know that Jesus was a descendant of King David. Jesus was part of David's kingly rule. And when people ask you why you live as you do, your goal should be to let them know that it's because of the example and teaching of King Jesus. Amen. David Bosch writes this. He says, the mission of God's people is to alert others to the universal reign of God. You see, if we believe Jesus reigns as king, and if we believe his kingdom is a realm of reconciliation, justice, beauty, and wholeness, then we should not only demonstrate these things, we should also speak about them. I think sometimes that we as believers, we get too wrapped up in the sin that we forget the the person, amen? And if you'll tell people about Jesus and lead people to Jesus and you share Jesus well, then it will lead people to question their own lives. Amen? Can I tell you, when somebody's living in sin, a lot of times you don't have, I mean, most of the time, you don't, pretty much all the time, you don't have to tell them what that sin is. They already know. If I go and do something wrong right now, guess what? I know it's wrong. But yet I choose to do it anyway. That's on me. Right? Paul even talks about that. He says, there's things that I I know I shouldn't do that I do. Why? Because that's when we allow sin to come into our hearts and our lives, we know pretty much what we're doing. And what we're doing is wrong. We just choose not to believe that it's wrong. But we get too wrapped up and the sin that we forget the pers- purpose, the person. And I truly believe that if you will understand who Jesus is and you'll share Jesus, then people will start to question their own lives. Look at how Paul ends his sermon in Acts chapter 13. And you've got to understand, this sermon started in Acts chapter 13, verse 16, okay? And so from 16 to 37, all he does is share who Jesus is, and he tells the story of Jesus. And then here's what he says in Acts chapter 13, verse 38 and 39. He says, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Verse 39, through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. It wasn't until these last two verses that he even talks about people's sin. But he begins that same, that, that same sermon with Jesus. He begins talking about Jesus from verse 16 to 37. 
Paul talks about Jesus. He talks about the historical events of Jesus' messianic rule, his life, his death, and resurrection. And then at the end, he ends with the doctrine of justification by faith. That's Paul teaching this sermon. He pointed people to Jesus. He wanted them to know who Jesus was. And then he also wanted them to know that they had sin in their life, that Jesus could take care of that sin. Jesus went to the cross for them. And the third thing, don't focus on church. Focus on purpose. Let me begin by saying this. I love my church. I love my church. I love it here. Are we perfect? Nope, not at all. But this is a great church with great people. However, this church is not why I do the things I do. Amen? Did you hear what I said? This church is not why I do the things that I do. However, or the reason I do the things I do is all because of Jesus. So is this church a place where people can find Jesus? You bet. But they can also find him in the supermarket, amen? They can find him in the front yard of your house. They can find him at a family gathering. They can find him when they are all alone at home, amen? Our job is not to lead people to the church house, but to lead them to Jesus, amen? And when someone asks you why you do what you do, you tell them it is all because of Jesus and you can invite them to the church to help them to continue their journey following Jesus. But everything that we do should point people to Jesus. The way we walk, the way we talk, the way we work, everything. Our lives should be an example to the world. People should want to be like us because they see something different in us that is Jesus living inside of us. Amen? I want to close this morning by telling you a story it's from Michael Frost's book, Surprise the World. And that's kind of, this is where I've taken this uh, series from. But he tells the story of meeting a group of hardcore surfing enthusiasts. Anybody ever watch surfing on TV? If you've ever watched it, I, when I was a kid, I used to be, in fact, I used to be just, you know, I just thought it was the coolest thing. I watched surfing. I watched, you know, skateboarding. I watched all that stuff. But I just, I used to just be just enamored by, I think, I thought these surfers were the coolest thing that they could just do the things they do in water, you know. It was just amazing. Anyway, so he tells a story in this book of meeting a group of hardcore surfing enthusiasts and asking them who their favorite surfer of all time was. And every one of them said it was this Florida surfer named Kelly Slater. Maybe you've heard of him. He's been crowned the world surfing champion a record 11 times, including five consecutive times from 1994 to 1998. He is the youngest at age 20, and he's also the oldest at age 39 to win the title. And when Michael Frost asked them to tell him more about Kelly Slater, I mean, these guys, they went bananas, overwhelming him with facts about Slater's life, where he grew up, what boards he uses, which years he won the title, what movies and television shows he's appeared in, which models and movie stars he's dated, and on and on. Now, let me ask you, I want to stop for just a moment. With that in mind, with what I've just told you about this story, I want to ask you a question. What if I or a neighbor 
or a friend or a family member were to ask you, tell me, what do you know about Jesus? What would you say? And you see, Frost concluded this story by saying this, and I quote, When we live questionable lives, people should see our strange behavior and ask us about our motivations, and then we should be able to speak about Jesus the way surfers would speak about Kelly Slater with energy and enthusiasm, with reverence and awe, with delight and wonder. So I want to end by saying this. How well do you know your Savior, King Jesus? And if you don't know him well, then it's time that you get to know him. If you don't know Jesus at all, then make him your Savior today. Why do I do the things that I do? It's because Jesus went to the cross. He died on that cross. If it wasn't for every, yes, he died for everybody, but see, my personal story, he died for me. He died for me. So when it comes to my story of knowing Jesus, knowing who Jesus is, y'all's stories are great. I want you to know that. But guess what? My story is that my Jesus He went on a cross about 2,000 years ago, and he died. And he gave up his life because his father asked him to come to earth and to give up his life for me. And then you know what he did after he died and they placed him in the tomb? He didn't stay there long, but he rose from the dead. He rose from the grave, and he's alive today, sitting at the right hand of God, and he's praying, praying for me. That's what he's doing. He's interceding to the Father on my behalf because he loves me and he cares for me and that makes me special. That's my story. That's why I do the things that I do. That's why I want to be here to tell you the story of Jesus because when I was four years old, I went to the altar at the church during a revival and I said a sinner's prayer and I gave my heart to Jesus and I've been serving the Lord ever since. Did I make mistakes? You bet I did. I was four years old. I had a lot of growing up to do. I made a lot of mistakes in those years. But I know that day and I could take you to the spot where it was at my old church. And I can tell you that's where I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. And see, that's what this is about. We don't, we don't teach Royal Rangers or, or girls' ministries or tots or youth on Sunday nights or we don't sing in the worship team or play an instrument or greet at the door or serve coffee or, or any other ministry, mow the lawn, whatever else that it takes to, to build this church. We don't do those things just to do those things. You know why we do them? Because Jesus came to our heart and he saved us and he made us clean and he wiped all that junk away so that we could have a life and live with him for all eternity. That's why we do what we do. So whenever people look at us and they say, I don't get you. I don't understand why you give all your time to the church. I don't understand why you go to the church every single week. I don't understand why you go to church on Wednesday nights. I don't understand. And I tell them it's because Jesus died on the cross for me.
Why do I give my tithes? Because Jesus died on a cross for me. That's why I do what I do. Why do I go and tell you and preach to you on Sunday mornings? It's because Jesus died on the cross for me. He did it for me, and that's my story. So if you want to be able to answer the question, get to know who Jesus is. Amen? Know who he is. Know the four Gospels. If you hadn't read them, read them. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're easy to read. Matter of fact, you'll start reading those stories, and you can't put them down. You'll want to read some more, and you want to know more about who Jesus is. But I think we ought to know who our Savior is. Amen? And that's how we're going to be able to reach the lost. That's how we're going to be able to reach our community, is by telling them who Jesus is. The answer is always Jesus. Amen? I said the answer is always Jesus, right? Turn to somebody beside you and tell them, say, the answer is always Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we pray this morning? Lord, I just come to you this morning, and I pray for every person that's in this house. God, I pray for every person sitting in these pews. I, I, I pray for everybody that's at home watching. And God, I pray that if there's anybody here right now that does not know you, God, I pray that they take this moment to surrender their life to you. God, I pray that you would just convict their hearts, that they would say, Lord, I need you in my life. I want what that pastor has. I want that relationship with you. And so, God, I pray right now, if there's anybody here, God, I pray that you would just convict their hearts. Hallelujah. Touch their lives. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we thank you. I want to ask this question. I don't ever want to leave a service without giving somebody an opportunity, whether you're here or you're at home watching. I want to ask you this morning, do you need to make Jesus your Savior? Do you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? Because I want you to know Jesus loves you and he cares for you. He died on a cross for you. He saved you from any sins that you may have in your life. Here's what I want you to do. You know, Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's, it's pretty simple. You just, you just say, Jesus, you are Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. That means that every sin that you have ever committed that's forgiven, it's washed away as if it never happened. You know, today... You come here and you recognize that, that you need his grace. You need Jesus to forgive you. You need change in your life. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that you deserve, but it is freely given to you. And that is why you're here today. It's time to say yes today by faith. Give him your life. And if this is you, then I want you to say this prayer after me. Can we all say this prayer together today? Say, dear Jesus... I admit that I am a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I am no longer my own. But I am yours. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just praise you. Can we just worship him all over this house? Can we just worship him all over this house? God, we love you today. God, we praise you today. We magnify your name today. We give you praise. We give you glory. 
God, I just pray right now, every person in this house, God, that you would touch their hearts, that you would touch their lives, God. God, I pray that there would just be an overwhelming of your power and your presence, God, that your love would flow in this place, God. God, that you would just move in a mighty way over every person here, God, that as they begin to think about you, as they begin to focus upon you, God, God, I pray that you would just move in their hearts, stir in their hearts and in their lives, God. God, give us opportunities to minister to those outside these walls. God, give us opportunities, God, to be able to talk to our neighbors and our family members. And God, give us opportunities to talk to the strangers in the grocery stores, God. God, I pray that you would give us opportunities to minister. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. God, we surrender our lives to you, God. We pray for your will be done in this church. God, be done in this church. Your will be done in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. God wants to touch you. Amen? God wants to move in your life this morning. God wants to, he wants you to take just a little bit of what you got. He wants you to go this week. He wants you to find those opportunities. We talked the first week about blessing people. Find three more people that you can bless this week. Did you find anybody that you can eat with? If you didn't, then take this opportunity this week. Find people that you can eat with this week. Three people. And let's start doing what God is calling us to do to be the church. Amen? Let's be the church that God wants us to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We got some exciting that's fixing to happen here in just a moment. I want to ask if you were planning on being baptized today. You can go at this time and begin getting ready. We have four people that are going to be baptized this morning. Amen? Isn't that good? It's so good. I spoke, as they're getting ready, I spoke last week. Our ushers will come here in just a moment. But I spoke last week about our, our pitiful little van <laughs> that needs a, a makeover. Anybody ever feel like you need a makeover? Our van needs a makeover. It needs a paint job. And uh, so uh, it's about 20 years old, and I don't know if you've noticed it, but that, that's a little older than 20, I guess, something like that. But it, that 20-year-old paint's coming off, and it's been coming off for a while, and we've got a few rust spots. So we need to take care of that paint and make it a little prettier, okay? So uh, if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. Um, we, Kelly and myself are going to contribute to the van uh, it, it's going to cost us about 3500 maybe a little less, but right out about 3500 to repaint the van. And so we're coming to you, and uh, we're asking if you could help us. I figured up about 35 people, if you would give $100 then uh, towards the van, that we can get that painted. Uh, Kelly and myself, have, we're giving $100 each, and, um, and so we, we are placing that in there. You have time. Uh, you know, if, if you need a couple of weeks to come up with it, you know, we want to get this done as soon as we can. Uh, so I just want to tell you, and I just want to be upfront and honest, we're, the church is growing. Uh, we had another, thank you for coming here today, we had another crowd of 50 today. I'm going to tell you something, we, we used to not average in the 50s. We've been averaging in the 50s the last three weeks, amen? You guys are awesome. I want you to know that you are awesome. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say. I, I want to say this. As the church grows, the needs are going to increase. So I'm just saying as God enables you, okay? Now understand, I, I'm not here to tell you what you have to do. 
I'm here to tell you to speak to God, talk to God, ask Him what you are to do, okay? This is between you and Him. This is something that, that you and Him need to come to an agreement, and whatever he, he tells you to do, that's what you do. But we're going to have other needs besides just the van. Uh, this building is, it's old. <laughs> it's been here since, you know, 83. We're making some updates. We're making some improvements. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting ready to put some sheetrock up this week and getting ready to vent one of these weeks we're going to put some cabinets in and and we're going to be painting the stage and getting it all looking pretty it's starting to look better isn't it we don't have holes on the stage anymore isn't that good and uh so we're starting to make some improvements and we're going to need some help so if you can help in any way over the next several months uh you can just give however uh whatever you uh whatever god lays upon your heart to give I just want to make a few announcements while they're continuing to get ready. We have youth tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, also, if, you're, if you have a kid that's age 8 and up or a youth that's in 7th grade and up and they're planning on going to camp, please let me know by March 6th. If you say, if money's an issue, please do not let money be an issue for why your kid can't go to camp. I will make it happen. I promise you I'll make it happen. I want every kid that can go to go to camp. Camp, I feel, is so important. I believe it'll change your kid's life. I believe that it'll make, it'll impact their life. Uh, my kids, my two kids, Maylee is, of course, she's an adult now. She just turned 18. Yeah, I have an adult in the house, y'all. But, well, I know, me and Kelly, are, well, we're not adults, but anyway, we're there. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but, uh, uh, she every year that she I started taking her when she was seven, I believe, or she might have been eight. I started taking her to camp. Brindley, I actually got to take her to a little camp. Uh, she was six years old, or and we went. But I've been taking them to camp. Guess what they ask me about every single year? Dad, when's camp? When do we start? When do we go into camp this year? They'll start asking me before Christmas ever gets here, or when we leave camp. They're saying when are we going to camp next year. Because they love camp so much. So let me just tell you, if you can at all get your kids to camp, get them to camp, I promise you it'll be a week of their life that will be absolutely amazing. Um, we do a fundraiser on April 1st and 2nd to help cover the, help cover the, the expenses of camp. And uh, so let us know. All right, let's see. What else do I have? Let's, um, oh, they're ready. They're waiting on me. They're like, I wish that long-winded preacher would hurry up. Um, you go ahead. Hold on one second. We'll take up the offering in just a minute. All right. Good morning. So I just wanted to say that 
I've known Steve pre-Jesus, and I've known Steve after Jesus. And Christ has truly changed his life. He uh, puts the meaning to 2 Corinthians 5.17, that a new man in Christ. And I've been blessed to be a part of his life, a part of his salvation, and a part of his walk. And Jesus, uh, Steve had asked about doing baptism, and he asked if I would baptize him, and I'm, I'm honored and I'm a privilege. So. Steve, have you accepted Christ into your life? Yes, I have. Careful. <laughs> Steve, upon your profession of faith, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried with him in baptism, raised with him to a new life. Amen. Hallelujah. Steve's a big old boy. <laughs> God is good, amen? No, it's nice. <laughs> I've been in there when it's cold, folks. It's not fun. <laughs> I've done it when it's cold, and you put that first foot down, and you're like, oh, Lord, this is going to be bad. So in the last few weeks, uh, several weeks, actually, we've been in Royal Rangers, we've been covering our 16 fundamental truths about what we believe, and we got to uh, ordinances of the church, and which are baptism in water and Holy Communion, and... Uh, of course, the question is always, have anybody not been baptized? And to my surprise, we found that there were several guys that had not yet been baptized. And so I talked to pastor, and he's like, you want to baptize them? Sure, let's go. Let's get this done. So, And oddly enough, this one right here, he has yet to be baptized. And everybody's like, wow, really? You haven't been baptized? It's like, well, here we go. So, Gabriel, you got anything you want to say about the Christian life? No, this is it. That's this it. is it. So, as a believer in Jesus, you've taken a step to become baptized, and as a profession of your faith, yeah, you have anything you want to say to anybody? All right. So, let me hold that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Do you want to say anything about the others? Or? These next guys, these are our actual Royal Rangers. Gabriel has moved into that Royal Ranger leader role. But these guys I'm very proud of. They're with us every week, every Wednesday night. They're there with bells on, ready to go. Just not right now. <laughs> It's like Royal Rangers all over again. <laughs> Who's first? Who wants to be yeah, first? Yeah, exactly. 
So this is Teddy Verrier. He also serves as our chapter scout for Arkansas, and he's a, he's a big part of what we do in Royal Rangers. Teddy, you got anything to say about your life as a Christian? Uh, I'm very thankful for everything God has done for me. Okay. Amen. Anything else? And all the positions that he's put me in. Amen. All right. Well, we're proud of you for doing this, and here we go. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Got to make it count. <laughs> you don't need to wind up on CNN. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was that? It was the priest, wasn't it, or something that baptized him wrong or something. <laughs> All right. This is Noah Hayden. He's a, also a big part of our Royal Ranger group, and I'm so proud of him that he was actually Noah that said, I've never been baptized. I want to be baptized. Amen. Yes. Okay. So, well, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did say that. So, very proud of you for making this public profession. Do you have anything you want to proclaim to the Lord or to this crowd? Well, my mom died five months ago when she saw me get baptized for the first time. I hope she's watching from heaven. Amen. Oh, careful. Hallelujah. Amen. See it. God is good, amen? If you would like to be baptized, anytime you want to be baptized, you can just let me know, and we'll plan another Sunday and open it up for anybody. We, we, anytime anybody wants to be baptized, we'll make it, a, we'll make it happen, amen? And we'll make it available. Uh, so uh, our ushers are going to be at the back. When you leave today, can we all stand?